You're listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm your host, Tony Connolly. Thanks so much for tuning in. Coming up next, we have a good friend of mine who I did a lot of media work with. It seemed like forever and ever and ever, but he's still a, a young, good-looking guy. Kyle Malin is the editor and part owner of MERS News, and I don't know anyone in the state of Michigan who covers Michigan politics better than MERS News, and they try to do it to, as journalistically impactful as they can. And Kyle, it's been a long time, but great to have you back here. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. That's a great introduction. Thank uh, you, Tony. All right. What's, what's new with MERS? Oh, geez. Well, the uh, the pandemic has certainly made us uh, work into overdrive. Mm-hmm. We thought we were working hard before. This last year and a half has been really hard, but things are calming down a little bit. Folks are still um, doing things at the Capitol, and we're doing our best to keep our head above water. So you guys pride yourself on being in the moment, being in the chamber, getting folks in their office when it comes to our, our state and, and local politicians, how did you how, how did you work that out with COVID? We did a lot of phone, you know, and, and even now uh, a lot of our reporters are working at home. But uh, I think we were one of the first ones to go back to the Capitol on a regular basis, basically starting in the new year. Mm-hmm. For the first few months of the year, January, February, March, I think I was the only reporter on the Capitol floor. And I, I was talking with Donald Lasinski, who is the uh, Senate or the House Minority Leader, and uh, I, I was interviewing her on the floor, and she thought, she said, boy, this is so weird. I'm, I'm talking to a real reporter right here on the floor. And, it, you know, it had been a year, and it was strange. But now we've got, most reporters are back now. I think right around May, they started coming back a little bit more. Kyle, tell us about MERS. What's MERS' goal? What's, what's your mantra, and what do you try to hold on to every day at work? Well, MERS stands for Michigan Information Research Service. We were founded back in the 50s, and then, but really, we came, in, came into real import during the last Constitutional Convention when the lobbyists couldn't be at two places at once. They wanted to be at the Constitutional Convention, but they also wanted to know what was going on with the state legislator. So MERS was able to provide them an update so that if they were going to one, they could still know what was going on in the other. So ever since then, we've really tried to focus on news that impacts the state legislature and then the broader circle of state government, the judicial branch uh, we've, we've expanded to, state politics. We, we do um, politics to the extent that we find that it's interesting. Uh, I, I feel like that's almost like the syrup on the pancake, you know. The legislature and the, and the committee meetings are what people want and need to kind of know for their jobs. But the politics are what make it fun and what make them want to read it. What is the difference in media coverage from when you first started in this business to how it is now from your perspective? It's been a lot more intense. You know, since you can do so much more with the Internet, it, um, it really kind of speeds up what you're able to do in a given day. Whereas I used to keep files of s- different subjects and manila folders up in a file cabinet, um, now you can just look it up on the internet and you can do you know, instantaneous lookbacks at old stories, reference those old stories quickly, and you can write a lot more, you can research a lot more. Stories that used to take um, a lot longer because you were hung up on a detail or two, you can double check very quickly. Kyle, is most local and statewide news uh, from your perspective, are they biased or do you see it shifting in another direction? 
What's your take on that? I, I think we I think the media tries to stay neutral, but I, I do think that it's hard for some reporters to do that. I, I do see some that kind of veer off and, and whether they try or not, I can see it in the political in the political sphere. You know, we try, you know, at MERS, um, we try and strip that out and just try and tell folks what's going on. But, you know, that's a different business model. You know, our, our clients are people who need to know what's going on and aren't going to be persuaded by anything we write anyway. So it's kind of pointless. So, but other, you know, larger news outlets that cater to the public, that's kind of a different deal. Taking your, your customers, the, the consumers of your product off the table, do you think people who are consuming news now want to hear what they want to hear as opposed to hearing what the news is? Yeah, I think you're right with that. I think they, they do want to listen to what they want to hear in the news, how they want it presented and what they feel is important to them. And then the rest, unfortunately, they cast aside as fake news. When do we have the shift and, 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 and why do people want to consume news that way, do you think? Uh, I think Donald Trump really put the pedal to the metal on that when he originated the whole or coined the whole fake news moniker. I think it really kind of kicked things into gear. And ever since then, uh, and even before that, I think you started seeing divisions and how media was delivered. And it really started with the cable news networks. And it's kind of trickled down from there. And I find myself, Kyle, I, I have to consume so much news from so many different entities to try to find out the truth. I know. And uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a battle. It is. It's, it, yeah, it's really hard. And that's why we try and keep it down the middle. And it's really the only way that we can satisfy both. As the way I always look at it, Democrats and Republicans, your money all spends the same. <laughs> all spends the same, Tony. You're listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Kyle Malin from MERS News. When we come back, we're going to talk more, a little bit uh, about national news coverage of Michigan and Lansing here on the Michigan Business Network. Perfectly managed meetings, carefully planned conferences, and beautiful beginnings. That's what you'll find at Treetops Resort. We have an ideal location just minutes from I-75 and over 25,000 square feet of meeting and convention space. No matter what you're planning, let our spectacular views, spacious lodging, and outstanding customer service show you why Treetops is Michigan's most spectacular resort. Get a no-hassle quote for your next meeting at treetops.com or call at 888-TREETOPS. And welcome back to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We've got Kyle Malin from MERS News in with us today. Kyle, I want to get your perception on something I asked uh, Tim Damon, who's, as you know, is the president of the Michigan Regional Chamber of Commerce. What's your take on how the media sees and how they report on Lansing, the region, and the state? Well, I do think that the, the national media has a perception. I think they're more susceptible to getting spun than maybe the local reporters are. Uh, that national reporters seem to come in with a narrative already built in as to how they're going to cover it and what they're going to cover. And then they try and find pegs to fit into that puzzle as opposed to calling people and then let the story develop maybe more organically. And I find that to be the most frustrating thing. For example, 
we had that protest on the Capitol, in front of the Capitol back in April 30 of uh, 2020, right around the time COVID was really at its peak. And uh, I read a national story about how armed gunmen took over and, and stampeded the Capitol. And that's all that they were there, you know, and it made it sound like that's what happened, that we had an army of, of armed soldiers, uh, you know, prance into the Capitol and take it over. And it, it was really disappointing because we know that's not really what happened. I, you know, we had a few dozen armed people wandering around. Some of them wandered around the, the Senate chambers, made folks feel uncomfortable. You know, they took some pictures and, and made themselves look goofy. Um, but we don't even know if that was armed. Uh, you know, I heard that they didn't even have any ammo in, the, in those guns. So um, and that's the kind of stuff that really bothers me about the national coverage here in Michigan. When uh, you talk about national coverage, I was just reading a story recently uh, about ratings and how ratings are in the toilet for a lot of national entities. And uh, it got me to thinking, it, it seems now on the national level, making a profit or making money isn't as important as getting a message or a viewpoint across, or perhaps they're making enough money and, 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 and that's, that's fine. What do you think uh, on a statewide level, on a local level? Because, when, for example, let's, let's take the, the local newspaper. I don't see the sports coverage, the entertainment coverage, the business coverage I used to see. It doesn't just seem to be as localized. As a matter of fact, I probably see more local coverage from the City Pulse than I do from other local entities. What do you think? Yeah, it's just gotten real hard uh, for local papers to compete because uh, the money just isn't coming in. You know, it used to be that newspapers were what the news, the um, the grocery stores and the car dealerships always put ads in because that was how you could get your cars out. That's how you got your specials and your sales and everything out. Because otherwise, people wouldn't know what was on sale that week. And now you don't have that. Now you don't have Meyer and Kroger with, with these special inserts uh, basically funding the newspapers. You don't have the classified ad sections anymore because Craigslist is taking care of that. So all these traditional funding streams that used to fund your daily newspapers is gone. And so that means that, that newsrooms are completely decimated and the type of coverage you used to see that you just talked about just can't be paid for anymore. And that's why you're seeing very, very thin local papers with very thin coverage. When it comes to covering politics and, and, and policy, uh, those folks are, are very savvy people uh, and they, they really know how to work the media, if you will. What's the secret to getting the information that you want to get out there? Well, I really try to dig deep to see what is the policy and what is the impact to the regular person and why. And then also, I really try and find what the motivation is. What is the motivation behind the policy that's being pushed, and why would somebody want to oppose it? Um, is there a political end to it? Is it a part of a bigger piece? Uh, who's driving it? That's usually um, a good place to start. Are the motives genuine? Those are the kind of things that I'm looking for because I think it really says a lot about what is going to happen with a policy at the end, whether it's going to get signed into law, if it's just to make some headlines, if it's actually designed to maybe clear the way for something else. Um, that's all very important. Is it a huge challenge to try and fish your way through all that? Well, I, not not anymore. But, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years now. So now I've got a bit of experience. I know the players involved. So I kind of know what's going down now. So uh, as we, we talk about uh, 
the policymakers now um, and, and the government that, that's in place now, uh, how's the media treating them and, and, and are, they, are they fair? I think so. I think, I think we're trying hard. You know, um, I think political folks have gotten good at trying to work the refs, if you will. You know, I think they, they like to try and call balls and strikes and try and call out the media when they don't feel like it's being fair. And, uh, you know, it's just an extra layer of complication to the job to have to deal with that, you know. But I always feel like if somebody's barking at you, then uh, you've probably touched a nerve that they didn't want touched. And it just makes me kind of want to hang around it a little longer. Do you think the consumers of news care about fair? I think some do. I, I really do. I, I do still think there are some people out there who do care about fair news coverage. Obviously, not everybody. Every, there are some people who just have political bent and they want to hear things through that political, that political uh, phone. You're listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Kyle Malin from MERS News. When we come back, we're going to ask Kyle, how can we in the media be better? Right here on Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Kyle Malin, who's the owner and editor of MERS News. And we've been talking about media coverage locally here in Lansing, statewide here in Michigan. Kyle, what can we do in the media to be better? Jeez. That's a good question. I think if we spent a little bit more time thinking about what the readers are really interested in and maybe not feeding that immediacy that they have but really getting down to really what they what they feel like they need to know and um, condensing it as tightly as possible uh, you know folks have less and less time it seems like and they want to get their information they want to get it quick um, so I think we could be a little better at, at sucking out maybe any type of extraneous like opinions that we might have and extraneous baloney and just kind of get right at what folks need to know and move on. And that's what's interesting about the media and news. Uh, it seems like over the last year, year and a half, maybe more than that, is opinion is put out there and consumed as news yeah. when it is not. Oh, no, you're exactly right. You know, um, I actually got a message the other day from somebody who said, you know, if I could just hear six minutes of what is really important for the given day, you know, and just get it rattled off real quick, that would be fantastic. And, and that's about all I've got, and that's all I really want. And I thought, you know, that's kind of where we're at. You know, I, we used to write longer stories. We're trying to write shorter stories now. Um, and, it's, and it's actually harder to write shorter than it is longer, to take out those extraneous words, those extraneous sentences where you're repeating, and really kind of boil it down to the nut. 
That's, that's really all people have time for right now. That's all they have patience for. Kyle, where do you go to get your news? Uh, I listen to a lot of radio. Uh, I like listening to radio. Um, you know, I listen to your old station, uh, listen to other stations. Uh, I don't watch a lot of television news, um, but I, I do uh, subscribe to the Washington Washington Post, New York Times, and I get the journal thrown on my doorstep every every morning. When when I first started out in the media business, I was writing for The Lookout at Lansing Community College, which got me a job at uh, the Lansing State Journal, which got me a job at Channel 10, which got me into the journalism program at Michigan State. And I kept remembering this woman who was a journalism teacher at Lansing Community College say, the news should be information that helps us conduct our lives in a more efficient way, in a more efficient manner. From what you know, what are our, our new journalists, what are our new journalism students, what are they learning and, and, and how do you think they're working out? See, I, I'm concerned that we're having too many journalists who are trying to buy into this advocacy journalism trend that we're seeing. Since these corporate media and I'm talking like, let's say Gannett, which owns Lions State Journal. I mean, they're cutting things left and right because they're not quite sure how they're making a buck. And so what you're seeing are more things like Bridge, Michigan, which are funded by unknown real um, uh, foundations and, and uh, rich, entre or rich people who are, you know, have kind of like a vision on how they think the news media should be. Michigan Advance, I think, is another example of this, except on the extreme left. I mean, who are these people who are funding these types of news outlets? And what type of bent and what type of prism do they see the news? And that's what I'm kind of concerned about, that these types of outlets take people and then they, they, they put this kaleidoscope in front of their eyes and, and say, this is how we want you to see the news as well, and this is how we want you to present it. And that is real news. And uh, I, I find that troubling. Uh, I, I just feel like uh, advocacy journalism is exactly what that is and shouldn't be confused as something that it's not. Is that challenge going to get worse? I think it is. is. I think it is because I think you're seeing corporate media having a harder and harder time making a buck. And journalists seem to be just fine going on social media and giving their stuff away with tweets. And, you know, they don't get paid for any of those tweets, uh, they, but they just keep kicking them out like it's... Uh, you know, like the next paycheck's going to come regardless. Does social media have an impact on, on what MERS does and, and what you do when it comes to true political news, true policy news? I, I try not to, honestly. I mean, it, uh, the uh, Facebook Facebook and Twitter is, is helpful in gathering quotes and, and tips. Uh, I would say that. But we don't disseminate much news out of either, to be honest. Um, the bottom line is because there's no money in it. Do you see more folks who just want straight news coming to MERS News now, just trying to, to get the facts, if you will? I mean, our subscriptions have been going up for a while. And you, you expect to see that t uh, trend continue? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Our, our, our um, traffic and uh, our subscriptions keep going up. So As we uh, uh, get towards the end of the year here, what's going to be the biggest newsy uh, items when it comes to policy or politics here, here in our state and, and locally too? Well, in state politics, it's going to be how are we going to spend $11 billion we didn't know what we were going to have and where is that going to go? Uh, that, and, and when are we going to spend it? I mean, there's a, this is an amazing opportunity to spend a lot of money 
and uh, there's uh, going to be a lot of discussion on how to do it. You're listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We've been talking with Kyle Malin, who is the owner and editor of MERS News. I would suggest that you look him up. Kyle, for folks to get a hold of MERS, what's the best way to do that? So you can go to MIRSnews.com, and if you want to check out our free podcast, you can do that at mirsnews.podbean.com. And for folks also interested in, in MERS Pod, uh, we will start uh, running that uh, shortly here on the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We appreciate you listening so much to the Michigan Business Network.